In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Welcome back, everybody. It's Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy. We're your partners in wine, crime, and time. And you could be doing all those things with us live next week. That's right. Oh, my God. It's next week. Ah. I know. Yay. We it's hitting us topic. fast. <laughs> we got to pick a topic. We got to do Behind all those things. Seat. But we're just, we're just so excited to see you guys on February 16th at 7.30 p.m. Not Another True Crime Podcast Live is going to be at Union Hall you can get your tickets at unionhallnewyork.com or unionhallny.com or on the True Crime Instagram and or just DM us. Be like, where's that link again? We're happy yeah, oh my God. I'll personally send it to you. Like, I do not Please. care. <laughs> I have no shame. Uh, no, uh, no shame. I'll just, maybe I'll just start DMing it to every, just strangers or just anybody. I'm <laughs> like, do you do you know this podcast? They're like, no. And I'm like, do you want to come to this live show? <laughs> It's like when you would make a Facebook event and just send everybody, like, all of your Facebook friends the event. Wait. And you're like, sure, I'll, you can come to my birthday. Parties were more fun with that, I will say. I feel there was a level of, like, oh, intrigue and mystery yes. and chaos. Because I'm like, wait, they're here. And now I'm like, when was the last time I went to a house party? I do not know. Oh, my God, yes. We got to bring back the intrigue. <laughs> 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 that's what that's what Meta's missing now. They rebranded and they lost the intrigue. <laughs> <Bar>. <laughs> but there's a so lot true. of intrigue in the um, 1800s. Oh my we're gosh! Learning yes. and discovering. Honestly, I I'm loving this for us. I think it's so interesting to go back into time and do these like older cases that I feel like a lot of people don't know about. Yes, we're like the share of true crime because she's like, if I can turn back time, and we're like, babe, <laughs> we got you. Sharon, say no more. And we kind of like because it's like there is so much like um it's almost like we can almost look at these cases like if this was happening now, oh yeah, how long would it take to be solved or anything like that? So let us guys know if you guys are also enjoying these old older ones because we are really enjoying researching them. Uh we'll get into how deep Sarah researched this one. (laughs) Also, I feel like if your town has like a famous case that it doesn't matter if it's been solved or not. Like DM, you can DM me, Sarah Lamine. I'll definitely see it if you do that. You can DM like the true crime account, not another true crime. Um, but yeah, like let us know what your town mysteries are and, and urban you, legends and all these things. You know, that's like my dream. If we like just do an episode of like a like th- like we like it's like we um, cross country podcast except oh like God, from yes. our couch, so we don't because well, we did be that, in the car that episode that was like really famous right from your town, the Jeanette De Palma. Like that was a yes, famous... or in that area, yeah, Jeanette De Palma, and then also, I mean, I mean everything, John List, yes. and everything. Like, there's a lot of these cases that I feel are very like in like uh, leveled and like. Uh, twisted and everything like that that might not have national recognition or might not as much or was at the time but in the town that you're in it's so famous so please please let us know if you have any of those yes that's true I know we gotta travel to Great Neck I gotta see what's 
I mean, Great Neck, we have a lot of fraud. We could do the... Okay. There was a big SAT scandal. Um, so we could do that. I don't know if there have been like like anything. I, I mean, I'm sure there's been something. So there we'll is, see. Mm-hmm, there's something there. We'll there's see. something in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are uh, traveling, uh, what's the word, figuratively, to Waterford, New York. And shouts out to New York Almanac for really doing the heavy lifting. And also I have to shout out uh, my friend, not really, uh, but my good esteemed colleague, Russ Vandervoort, the Waterford Town historian who um, I reached out to because I had some questions and he was so great. He, uh, um, I, I really gave him a short time crunch and that's my bad. Um, but he really but he like, answered my questions. He totally delivered and I could tell he knows a lot more that he just wasn't able to fit in because I gave him a really short deadline. So thank you, Russ. Uh, we're so grateful for your responses. And um, yeah, I'm excited to get into this. It is. And first, I w- I'm wondering, how did you discover this case? Like, yes, how did this come question. to you? <laughs> okay, so I was doing like our trivia, as I do, on Not Know the True Crime Instagram pretty much every day. And sometimes I like to like theme it, but, uh, mostly because it like helps me think of other questions. Yeah. So I was, um, I had seen an update by the way about the Tylenol murders, the famous like Chicago poisoning in the eighties, where like six or so people died from taking Tylenol laced with cyanide, and it was never solved. And I read that um, the police are like doing new DNA testing. Oh, shit. So, yes. So that's exciting. And they're working with Othram, which is this company that does like all this genealogy testing um, and like help solve crimes. So I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. Let me look up like some other like poisonings um, that were never solved. And so it brought me here. And I was like, oh, this wow. is very interesting. It's giving some Lizzie Borden esque vibes. Um, oh, yeah, a hundred percent. And there's actually a good reason for that that we'll get to. Okay. And also, I'm putting a pit in the Tylenol murders because we want to keep updates on that because that is crazy. I forgot. Yes, yeah. definitely. So, this, we are telling the story of Catherine and Elizabeth Nolan, and they come from a big Irish family that immigrated and they first settled Aaron in. Bra. Yeah. <laughs> They first settled in Stillwater sometime in the 1800s. Um, Michael, the patriarch, worked as a farm laborer. And what I do know is that a lot of them fought in the war. You know, the Civil War. Ever heard of it? <laughs> That's a, yeah, we're going TBT for this one. <laughs> yeah. Really deep. And yeah. they moved to Saratoga County after the war. So by 1880, Michael had moved to Waterford, where he worked as a machinist, according to the census. Mm. Which I'm like, that's a... Like, I, I love that how, how literal and also vague that title is. I know, yeah. I'm a machinist. It's kind of, it's almost like when people say now, I'm a podcaster. It's like, what <laughs> like do you us. mean by that? Like, yeah. It's like I talk <laughs> like, into a, my voice notes app. <laughs> <laughs> or a DJ. Yeah, those are kind of, a machinist is giving me a riot job title now. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> Honestly. And he was 38 at this time. It's 1880. You know, end of his life, basically then. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, it would be well. <laughs> close to it, but not really his fault. True. <laughs> so he'd married a woman named Ellen, and they had five children, four girls and a boy. Shouts out to you, Ellen. And <sighs> God. <laughs> 
And by the uh, the 1890s, three of the children were working in the mill, which really feels very 1890s. They weren't children, to be fair. That, yeah. <laughs> so three of their children, but they were adults, kind of. Uh, so Ella is the eldest daughter. She's 21. Catherine, the second oldest, is 19. And they both work in the mill alongside John, 17. Okay. these are, It's truly um, a business. What is it? Uh I have a brain for business and a body for sin. Working girl. <laughs> I'm like, they're what? working girls. I'm like, okay, they are. get it. Okay. You know? you know, you know how you can break a glass ceiling with whatever a machinist holds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't think I don't think I'd want us to, to like work in a mill, but you know, we all have our things. Not quite, but I'm I guess not. you know the, when you're in a when you're in a place called Waterford in the late 1800s. It's true. I don't know what else. Just, yeah. It's true. Um, I'm just not built for physical labor, and I could not survive in these times. Um, I think I pulled my back out from a Pilates class a week ago, and it still hurts to stand. So, yeah, I'm not. I'm glad you said that, because I, like, literally fucked up my wrist when I was just trying to move my dresser against my wall. And as I was doing it, I was like, this is stupid to do. But I was like, it'll be fine. This was a month ago. A month ago. And my wrist still hurts. (laughs) So anyway, okay, so we are not we're not being machinists anytime soon. No, you're, you're not going to catch me milling in the mill. <laughs> a million. <laughs> um, and so even though like everything looked fine behind closed doors, things in the family were kind of a mess. Um, Catherine was engaged, but her fiance said he wouldn't marry her while her mother is alive. <sighs> what? Huh? Like, cause, are, so are we getting from this like the fiance is like I hate the mom or just like I don't know. I don't want to I don't want in laws I don't know I didn't have a lot of context and yeah I I've and I'm sure you have too I've heard of people who don't love their in laws but I've never heard of people saying I need your potential I need my future in law out of the picture yeah to get this they show need on to the be road. dead no. <laughs> uh, and then John was also getting like a little too friendly with the whiskey, if you know what I mean. Um, frisky with the whiskey. I mean, they are that's Irish. That's a good one. So yeah. Oh, whiskey frisky is a uh, yeah. The that is kind of this, this so far is just Irish vibes through and through. So true. And he like even ended up in jail a few times. And then okay. on top of this, Mary, the youngest, had a child by sixteen who was born out of wedlock. So, you know, we we uh, whatever. I, She's, she's a teenage. She's a teen mom. Teen mom, but also back. Is that young to have? I mean, is that young to have a kid back then? I guess so. I don't know. To me, I'm like, you're a child bride. Well, she's oh, not a bride. To my friends she's now, born out of wedlock. I'm but. saying, I'm like, I'm like, why are we getting why why are we getting married before forty, guys? What's happening? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so, cut to October twenty third, eighteen ninety three, and Michael suddenly dies at the age of fifty one. Then, 20 days later, Ellen, his wife, dies. And then Ella, the oldest daughter, dies. (laughs) No. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, is this family, like, cursed? Uh, Are they cursed? Is something something going on inside the house? Or, like, is is this just the worst coincidence of all time? It can't be. they do call, well, Murphy's Law is an Irish saying for anything that could go wrong will go wrong, but I don't think that really applies here because of the Nolans. That is true. Also, they say like twice is a coincidence, three times is a pattern. Oh. 
Yeah. That's true. So I'm like, mm-mm-mm. Uh, that's suspicious as fuck. Um, so at first, it was believed that the family members were all exposed to embalming fluid, and that's how they died. I have a lot of questions about that. Like, where? Like, like I also, it's I don't know if it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I took, like, like how some sentences from the past where people's like, oh, I rode my horse to the apothecary. And I'm like, what? Hell yeah. And I'm just, am I just supposed to interpret that as like a normal thing? Like, are people just like sniffing embalming fluid back then? I don't know. I'm also like, I don't understand how. And also then, how? you know, what do morticians do? Like, what do you mean exposed? You know what I mean? That's true. Like I'm sure they're not wearing a KN95 back in the 1800s. Like back then, I'm also back then. I'm like, is embalming fluid just bourbon? (laughs) (laughs) Like, did they have anything back then? It's actually salt. Like it's a preservative. (laughs) Oh my god, mummification. No, just kidding. Um, I'm like, oh my god, that's like gonna be a new like restaurant vibe though. Like. mummied and it's just like everything is very salty i guess that's Ew. what salt bait was trying yeah. to do i thought you were gonna say like rats and cloth and i was like uh, kind of <laughs> gross okay no, um no i need structure when i'm eating i, I don't want to just be in a big cloth <laughs> i feel that would make me feel too <laughs> job of the hut <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of other better restaurant ideas so maybe we'll shelve this one we'll get, yes 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 we'll, we'll be back on the back in the bunsen burner for those Yes. Uh, so then by February of 94, that's 1894, Catherine <laughs> filed paperwork to administer Michael's estate, which included a $1,000 installment life Ooh. insurance and some properties he owned. And um, Russ kind of told me what the actual... Uh, he said basically uh, it would be like about $90,000 in today's money, uh, but I'll get to it. Damn, okay. But, you know, it's not chump change. Um, I wouldn't kill someone now over $1,000 a month, <laughs> but back then, it was worth That's way true. More. And also back then, when you're just like, how are they gonna know? Who's gonna, who's gonna, who's gonna, who's gonna find oh, we'll me? we'll see. Yeah, no, but back then, it was a lot more money. But then, to keep the things going, though, on June 8th, 1894, John dies. Okay. Come on now. <laughs> it's almost like like a like a C-level horror movie. We're just like, wait, yes. how is all of this happening in 10 minutes? Like, it truly feels like it's one of those. Yeah, it's, it's like Final Destination where you're like, they're just getting picked off one by one, this family. Mm-hmm. They, the, it's like they cheated death and now, but it, you know. Yeah. Apparently, he got sick after dinner one night and died a few days later. Mm. Um, of course, his that vibe, I mean, I don't know if they probably were like whiskey gone sour. I guess a whiskey sour would not kill someone because that's just a regular drink. But I mean, that's, I, I wonder if they're like, oh, maybe this will just happen. But at this point, the coroner knows something is up. They're like, okay, we can't have four deaths of like a mysterious ish nature mm-hmm. happening like, Back to back to back to back from the same household. Exactly. (laughs) So, Dr. Ronald, or sorry, Dr. Roland Stubbs. Great name. No relation to the ticket company, but maybe. I guess that's StubHub, but who knows? (laughs) (laughs) He forces himself into the Nolan house. So, I guess those uh, uh, machinists don't know how to make strong locks or something because he got this doctor was able to get himself into the home and assembles a coroner's jury. Which I didn't really know about this term, but just to 
catch everybody up with it because I feel a lot of you are like, what? This is when a group of people are convened to help a coroner with an inquest or determining the identity and cause of death of a person. So it really is giving late 1800s vibes of just like, hey, like phoning five people. You guys want to stand in a house where some murders happened and just look around? Like, that's kind <laughs> of what it is. Like, <laughs> And while it does seem old timey, these have been used relatively known as a thing, most like as of 2018. So it's been around. It, it still holds yeah. up. It's kind of like it's kind of like a grand jury, but it's just for the coroner. Basically. It's a grand jury group group text. <laughs> group text. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they review evidence and they're not deciding trying cases. Just kind of looking all around. They're usually used when an identity or cause of death is hard to determine. So kind of like looking around, being like. Was something accidental or purposeful, or we just need more of like the backstory of what's going on here to kind of flesh things out? Major downside of this, though, or not major, but a notable one, is that mostly like the people who make up the jury are just citizens that are in the town and et cetera. So they don't really understand complex medical terms like. I wouldn't understand if a doctor, if like a coroner jury was like, well, you see with like the glucose and the glute. Like, <laughs> They're like, she died uh, of contusions. And you're like, what? Yeah. I'm like, okay. It's sort of like when you're just nodding in a biology class, like I'm hundred percent, I'm going to be a communications major. I can take the B minus here. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. You're like, whatever you say. Yeah. But, and cause of this though, they, um, they end up just going with whatever the coroner says. So for that reason, you will sometimes see prosecutors proceeding with an investigation, even if the coroner ruled a death natural or accidental. Because I think also, I feel like whenever I'm at a doctor's office anyway, too, if they say something to me, I'm just like, okay. Exactly. You're just like, like, whatever you say. You went to med school. Yeah. And I wrote poetry for (laughs) $50,000. Still paying off that poetry. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Oh, Lord. Oh, gosh. I just look out the window for 45 minutes thinking about student loan payments. <laughs> no. Uh, so they convene this jury and find a lot of poisons in the home. So this coroner jury actually came... Why do you came... need more than one? <laughs> poisons. That girl is poison. Um, I guess it's kind of like when you're like, I don't know if there was a BOGO deal at whoever was doing the poisonings, <laughs> sales, BOGO. or if they're like... A fire like, sale on poisons. <laughs> <laughs> Act fast. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're like, I don't know which one I want. Or it's like, Seriously? I want... They're like, okay, well, which one for her? You think that poison's for her, but... No, but John is such a this one. You know what I mean? I don't know if they're yes, getting like... he's like, he's so one. arsenic. Oh my god, my man is so arsenic. <laughs> so funny. It's like when I go to like TJ Maxx or something, and I can't decide which color to buy a sweater in, so I just buy three, and I'm like, I'll figure it out later. Oh, pfft. we'll fix it in post. It's what I always say. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Elizabeth and Catherine say the house had rats, mice, and bed bugs, so they needed all those poisons. I have never once heard someone say. Fuck, I have bed bugs. Get the poison. I No. I'm like, you don't need poisons. You need to just burn down that house if that's true. You got to start to fresh. There is no saving that house if you really had <laughs> right ra- Matt, what is it? Rats, mice and bed bugs, like a trifecta. No. Yeah, they had bed bugs and beyond. 
Yeah, seriously. Bedbugs alone, you have to burn all your shit. So, like... Oh. You really just... Literally. Just set that house on fire at that point. Gosh. Yeah. Um, they collected evidence and sent it to a chemist at Union College. I think that's in Connecticut. I want to say no, it's maybe. like upstate oh, New York? York. Shouts out. Oh, I think I know someone who went there. Oh, cool. It's funny because there's Union County College in my town, oh, in my hometown. Okay. So that's why I was like thrown off my axis. Mm. Uh, Professor Perkins, who confirmed there was a presence of arsenic here. So you don't really need arsenic when um, you're doing, you, when, when, when you're taking care of uh, infestations because Sarah even did some of her own research and the WHO does not list pest control as a usage of arsenic. You know, doy, who? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like maybe back then people used True. it, but uh, I was just like, is that even a plausible solution? And they like... I mean, no, not according I to the World Health Organization in 2022 or whenever. It, it def wouldn't because like people wouldn't want arsenic on the place where you will be sleeping. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. At this point, news comes out that all of the family members, not just Michael, had you all know what they had. You all Say are it saying us. it right now. <laughs> yes. Three, two, one. One, life insurance. So, <laughs> on July 11th, 1894, Elizabeth and Catherine are thrown in jail and set to stand trial for killing their brother. But just, they're only um, arrested for John's murder at this point, um, which is important to know. Um, also, I, I love that Times change, killing people for life insurance does not ever go out of style, apparently. Oh, right. Truly, tale as old as time. Yeah. Ex yeah, exactly. Um, and you already know what we're going to say, you guys. The, the case was, of course, a media sensation. Sensation. And, yes. Some fun headlines include pretty and perhaps poisonous. I hope they say that about me. <laughs> And another one, poisoned for money, comma, two sisters indicted. And that is what we in the English department call a misplaced modifier. So <laughs> you wanna do you wanna be the copy editor for this old for this uh yes, for the Waterford, years ago? What was it's called the Argus? I, I'll mention it later. Um it comes up. But yes, uh I think you guys need a copy editor from the future. Uh, okay, so a lawyer by the name of Calvin Keach defended the sisters, and the trial began April 24th, 1895. So by the time jury selection begins, the sisters have been in jail for over 200 days, and they were tried separately, or supposed to be, and the courthouse was, like, packed for these trials. And Catherine was tried first, and she showed up in court, honestly, like... Giving me kind of Anna Delvey vibes. Um, yeah, she's like, hello. Yes, she was wearing morning clothes. She was shielding her face. Morning with a U, by the way. Not like pajamas. <laughs> she came in and just like matching like like uh, like Scooby-Doo pajamas. Like, yeah. hey guys, like with some cereal. What are we all doing here? Oh my God, right? No. Good morning. And here's interesting. She was shielding her face with a fan that was loaned to her by a reporter for New York World. Uh, and she'll come back later with that, this reporter. Um, but it was rumored that that fan belonged to Lizzie Borden once upon a time. 
Oh. Yes. Weird so it's connection. Not cursed fan, but mm-hmm. a fan for or maybe good a luck, special type of she woman. Got yeah. I was going to say, yeah, actually, yeah. And the Albany Most Argus. Most dangerous women do, or whatever that saying yes. is. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's on like a Lululemon bag. Oh, yeah. Ugh. And so the Albany Argus described Catherine as follows. She was becomingly attired in black and was apparently in good health and spirits. She is not a prepossessing young woman, although not by any means ugly. Thank you. Albany Argus. Good to Uh, know. She has a shrewd but not very intelligent face frequently covered by her fan with nothing very criminal about it. You know how criminals just have criminal faces. What? Okay. Okay, I kind of get what they're saying, but I know. Yeah, kind of like because like sometimes you just like people being like a little like ooh, or sometimes when someone takes a photo and they're just like their eyes are staring at you, I'm like okay, you committed something. <laughs> well, some yeah, sometimes you can definitely see it in people's eyes, but sometimes not so much. Um, not sometimes not so much. And or then even they like also- an Anna Delvey when she smirks, I'm like okay, you've committed so many crimes. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> it's the gloat. It's the gloat. Uh, and then they also go on to say the ordinary observer could not believe that she could perpetuate the foul crime laid at her door. Uh, she heard the charges read against her and showed no emotion. So interesting. Oh, I like that they really made the point to say that she's not ugly. Well, I mean, that's what they're like. No, she's pretty. Pretty people don't commit crime. This is I think this is the script inspiration for Elle Woods. We're like endorphins make you happy. Happy people don't kill their husbands. <laughs> Oh my God, seriously. Pretty people don't commit crimes, guys. <laughs> like, I think that's the most of the, like, so many life insurance things are over that. Yes. Uh, so the prosecution claimed that Catherine poisoned John's tea. Um, she, she said that she drank from the same cup after him and didn't wash it and didn't get sick. Of course, I there's love, really no way to prove that. <laughs> I was going to say trials this is why we need to just always do trials from late 800s because like you poisoned his tea i also sipped that tea shit <laughs> like there's exactly. no like they can't like they're like god damn it no seriously i feel like all like you could probably get away with murder as long as someone didn't see you actively committing the murder Doing the murder yeah like that's it i feel like they really tried and i can't fault them for not having technology but it's just, like, it's it's a little silly. Um, it's fine. And so the defense claimed that if the prosecution couldn't prove the motive was to collect the insurance money, they had no case. And, like, this is just wild to me because how do you prove a motive? Like, you can't go inside that, someone's like- head. Unless you have, like, a notarized letter from her being like, yes, I intend to kill for the insurance money. Exactly that. Yeah, I know. I don't really know what their end game is with that. So she's just like, you can. They're like, you can have a psychic do it. Maybe I'm shocked they didn't have a psychic actually come in and do this. Right. It's like you can't. You can't prove it, but you can put forth a motive. Like, so um, they all they had the insurance agents testify, and uh, the agent confirmed the legitimacy of the policies and said that all the family members were present when the policies were made, which like seemingly disproved the motive. But I was confused about this because I'm like, you can have, I, I feel like, number one, having a legitimate policy is like all the more reason to kill for it, you know? Right? Because it's like they were present there, so they knew it existed. Yeah. Like, why would that, why would that not, 
be against, you know, why would that not further prove why she was doing this? Yeah, I mean, I asked Russ about this. He was also, like, confused um, <laughs> about why that would not, in fact, strengthen the motive. Um, yeah. He did say that the the total take from all the policies today was, like, $91,325. Um, he also said it's, like, important to note that before this insurance agent testified, there were two days of testimony from all these chemists who kept talking about, like, how the arsenic would react in the tea and like what kind like what would happen and blah 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 and like it just fucking bored everybody like and like the they jury. were so excited to explain like science no and everyone's like mm, i'm okay yeah they were fucking bored like the jury the press the spectators like they were just bored from these chemists so i think when this insurance agent comes on like i don't know it, it just switches things up and meanwhile the defense attorneys were like a lot more eloquent just like waxing poetic about the plight of Catherine and Elizabeth. Oh. So, yeah. So I think that's that's part of it, too, is just and this happens in trials today. Like just juries get fucking bored if you bog them down too much with science. Yeah. Which is which, which I know any scientist listening. You're like, but it's interesting. I feel you. But it's hard for a jury. Yes. Um, yes. So then a key piece of testimony came from the local druggist, which was actually the word that they used, which I think is amazing. That is new career pivot. <laughs> yes, exactly. I would like to be a druggist. druggist. Uh, <laughs> uh, his name is John Cole. He testified that two days before John died, the brother, he sold Catherine, you guessed it, arsenic. Arsenic. Hmm. Okay, John Cole coming with... The pipe in hot arsenic tea. <laughs> uh, literally. So here's like uh, just a really fucking weird ass twist that I don't even like know what to make of. Um, so the defense, they called a man to testify by the name of John H. Pines. He was a mill owner and he testified that he employed both John and Catherine Nolan at the mill. As you'll remember, they both worked at the mill. He said that Catherine was prone to these fits. Hmm. And even had them at work. But he also claimed that there were actually two Catherine Nolans in Waterford. <laughs> what? Huh. Sir, why is like this man coming in like the bottom of the ninth just to cause chaos and confusion? Seriously. Fits, but which one are we discussing? But there are also bum, two bum, of them bum. in this like yeah. town. Sure. Uh, he also said that both Catherine Nolans worked at the mill. Like, wow, what are the odds? I would love, I mean, like, imagine if they were like, okay, now it's time to call Catherine Nolan to the stand, and then everyone's expecting Catherine to walk up, but then it's just a girl in, like, the highest heels walking from the back, like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Hello. It's like, will a real Slim Shady please stand up? <laughs> uh, and so then John Pine said that the other Catherine had red hair, so... Okay. Prosecution recalls John Cole, and they're like, "Okay, so did the Catherine Nolan that you sold the arsenic to have red hair?" And John Cole is like, "No, no, I'm John so Cole." It's like, what? <laughs> what was that? So, despite the chaos and twists of this trial. Uh, it the grand total of it it lasted one day, so one night only. It was very we really. Got, we have a right to a speedy trial in this country, but 
I don't think they meant that. <laughs> no. And also because like it's not even like TV was around. What were they all running home to do? I'd be like, okay, let's set a trial. Give me an activity for the week. They're, okay. They're running home to be machinists and druggists. Um, I guess so. <laughs> I guess back then you just added is to all your job titles. I think we need to bring that back. It's kind of cool. I like that. Yes. Um, okay. So another crazy moment of this. The jury adjourned at 12.09 p.m. and was back at 12.20 they lasted a lot. They were they were deliberating for eleven minutes. They were like, "Hey, my seamless order's coming, so we got to make this <laughs> yeah. quick." They're like, "Guys, I heard the sun is gonna set in a little bit, and that's like from a different angle. It might be fun to watch if anybody wants to check it out." And they acquitted both Crazy. Catherine and Elizabeth, even though Elizabeth wasn't on trial. Like what? <laughs> they you were can like, do and that. she's good too. Yeah, yeah I do ex- not even literally, know. Literally, like a BOGO. They're like, acquit yeah. one, get one free. One. <laughs> yeah. Don't acquit while you're ahead. Yeah, she's good to go. <laughs> Liz is like, okay, great. Uh, or it's like that Needy Leaks gift or meme, like, why am I in this? <laughs> yes, now why am I in it? <laughs> then, unsurprisingly, it turns into an absolute circus. The jury foreman got a hold of the gavel and declared, these poor girls have been in jail for 10 months. They have neither money nor property to commence life with again. It's not true, because okay. they like, literally have the life in Fine. <laughs> like, oh, okay. people. He then started a little collection plate. Shout out to church. This is like... Right then and there. Like, yeah. Like, what is going on here? I, and it's, I, it's like the end circus. of a Lifetime movie. Hats <laughs> were passed around, and people were giving them money. Absolute mayhem. Chaos. <laughs> After the trial, the sisters moved into their attorney's house. Very, really does. It is what Casey Anthony did. Very interesting with that. And said they would never return to Waterford again. Never. Um, it's Russ, like when you are like an asshole to uh, like a retail worker and you're like, ah, I'm oh. never coming back here again. And they're like, please don't. <laughs> yeah, they're like, can, can we can we get that in writing? Thank you. <laughs> th- thank you so much. Please. Exactly. Love. Um, as for why they got acquitted, our boy Russ gave us a little uh, <clears throat> extra intel with all this. He says that it appears that the newspapers of the day were lending sympathy to the girls from the start. Although the reporters admitted it was a heinous crime, they never blamed it on the girls. Because, like, the, like, they were just like, oh, this awful tragedy. How could it happen to this family? Almost kind of, like, lumping them in, like, being like, oh, these, like, giving them more of, like, a poor girl's vibe. And again, even they said, she's pretty. Yep. <laughs> How's she I mean, which pretty? is exactly what happened with Lizzie Borden. Like, nobody believed that uh, someone, like, pretty and rich could, and a woman could commit an axe murder which you know what like an axe murder is definitely more gruesome than um than a poisoning but still yeah so they were really just getting a lot of sympathy and just people like i don't know how uh the family was originally from uh boston spa after immigrating from ireland and the people there even had a lot of sympathy for them one of the reporters mrs mcgurk so this is very irish vibes all around Yes, so we, was who, very, who yeah. is from the uh, New York world? Oh. Yes, New I'm York like, world. We talked about her earlier with the fan and everything. Yes, oh yes. So she was also a Washington correspondent and personal friend of Lizzie Borden who covered her trial. Oof. And, wow, no oof. conflict of interest back then, I guess. Sheesh. Oh, I think they loved the drama of anything then. 
So uh, Russ believes that her presence and coverage of the Nolan girls were influential. The knowledge that she uh, gave the fan, Lizzie's fan to Catherine was another demonstration of support. So people are like, All right, if, if uh, McGurk's on her side. Seriously. Another consideration he was, uh, Russ was mentioning to us is that at this time, trials were like en- free entertainment. It was freebie. <laughs> that app. Yeah. I mean, they still are, but, you know, like, I had work, so I couldn't go to Jen's sentencing, for instance. Yeah, exactly. Uh, reporters would start each day, that, or they would state each day that not only was the courthouse filled to capacity, but the grounds and streets surrounding it. So, also, this meant that a lot of people were just kind of, like, giving, like, their free legal opinion free unlegal opinion on it saying and i mean it like, was pre tiktok like yeah. it was tiktok before tiktok you just gather in front of the courthouse and like spew your things opinions. you think are true yeah yes. uh so they all were kind of saying oh these girls are innocent like gender age public conception they were just like oh, these girls are innocent right because ah. they were young like yeah Catherine was like they were like 19 or 20 like they were definitely young and, uh, yeah, so after the trial, Elizabeth was welcomed back to the Stillwater Nolan home. But for some reason, Catherine wasn't. I guess maybe because Catherine was the one on trial, but I don't really know. One should keep in mind that Catherine was said to have been engaged <clears throat> at the onset of the story. Okay, Russ getting a little into the tea of it all. Yes, because we mentioned that earlier. She, yeah, remember, because yeah. she was engaged, oh, yeah. but the fiancé oh, was the, like, we won't wanted... marry you unless yes. your mother-in-law is... Or my mother-in-law, but yeah, so I don't know. "Mm, Yeah, so so, uh, maybe, yeah, so it was kind of all weird with that. Um, Oh, I know. The attorney, their attorney had no doubts or fears. He says that, like, maybe the Nolans in Stillwater, because remember, it's still, like, a huge family. Maybe they believed Elizabeth was innocent, but they were not super sure about Catherine Mm. because of what the fiancé reportedly was saying. So that's, like, a possibility. Also, that's a hefty thing to say. So I could see them being a little bit on the fence about it. Yeah, it's a weird-ass thing to say. Yeah, Uh, The lawyer, Attorney Keach, because you know how they went to chill with him after they ha- he had no doubts or fears concerning the girls as him and his wife welcomed them into their Landsenberg home. Well, listen, they're not the beneficiaries of his life insurance policy, so he doesn't have anything to worry about. Exactly, exactly. Um, on their first day out of jail, too, after being incarcerated for like over 200 days, uh, the Keeches and the Nolan girls engage in a carriage ride through Troy and Landsenberg with a stop at the cemetery in Waterford in morning clothes to visit John's grave. Okay, they knew they know wow, publicity. Wow, they really did a public apology tour. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Ye old PR rehab. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I was gonna say. I guess that is one of the ones. I was like a publicist because all the mechanist. So that one did come from back there then. Ist. After that, they kind of disappeared from public view. The only real info that our our boy Russ was able to find concerning the girls was the city of Albany in June of 1898, uh, where Catherine and Elizabeth were still together. Elizabeth married Catherine, single. Hey. Wow. And let me tell you something. They're living moss, or they were living moss, uh, (laughs) because they were arrested for intoxication on June 5th, 1898, and both went to jail. And in a very weird coincidence, on June 4th, 
1894, so almost an anniversary, was the day that Catherine was alleged to have poisoned her brother, John. Were they out celebrating, or was it just coincidental? Oh, very, Russ, very yeah. interesting. Just with that ending, babe. I know. Wow. Ending on a cliffhanger, we will never know. Wow. Damn. Super interesting stuff. If somehow any of you are related to them, let us know what oh your family God. thinks. You know? I actually love yeah, That's true. I actually love that they didn't even really have to give a defense. Their defense was just like, but we are girls and we're pretty. Like, I, wow. Truly remarkable. A very, very remarkable. Uh, Sarah, I'm glad you went down this deep dive to find them. Thank you. Honestly, it was super interesting stuff, especially with the Lizzie Borden connection. So, yeah. The connection wasn't crazy. And what I always get so excited to see is how Jorge connects the trivia to the crime. (laughs) All right. Well, what an interesting crime. And I myself... I am an only child, so I've always been kind of fascinated by siblings. Are you both? Uh, do you both have siblings? I have an older brother. Yep. Well, must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> but for today's game, I thought we could play a game called All in the Family. Ooh. And here's how oh. it's going to work. I'm going to read you a little blurb about some famous siblings throughout history. <laughs> it's going to be your job to tell me, first of them, family name. If you can Fuck. just name what siblings they are. And you will get a bonus point if you can tell me each of their names. So, first off, Danny, you will be first. Okay. Here is your blurb. One of them wrote the music, the other the lyrics. These brothers created a sound that some say defined the jazz age of the 20s and 30s. Fuck. Um, hmm. I don't know. Wait. The jazz age of the tw- these brothers? Wait, so we name both of the siblings? So if you could just name like the blank brothers, you get a point. And but if you can oh. tell me their specific names, you get a, an additional. I'm gonna point. just say the porters. Incorrect, Danny. Hey, that's it seems like a, a nice little nineteen twenties uh <laughs> right? last porters. name. Why not? So I feel like you do know this. It, it they composed over two dozen Broadway musicals and Hollywood oh, scores. Oh, the brothers? Oh, um, who? Oh, is it the guy who did Anything Goes? No, that's Cole Porter. Uh, the correct answer, Danny, is Gershwin Brothers. Oh, okay. Uh, come on, come on. Do you I know uh, their names? No, I know they have a theater. <laughs> They're George and Ira Gershwin. Oh, Ira. They composed uh, Porgy and Bess, An American in Paris. I mean, all these uh, um, hits well, like Summertime. Hits. Ever heard of Summertime? Oh, yes. Rhapsody in Blue. Summertime. So incredibly famous. Um, their music really did define the whole age and kind of like the modern day musical. George and Ira Gershwin. Okay, shout out. Couple of buds yeah. working together throughout their lives. All right, Sarah, this next question is for you. The youngest of two sisters, they became record-breaking all-time champions, acing all around the court for over 20 years. The court? (laughs) Shit. Okay. That's all I get? Oh, my God. Okay. Basketball, right? Yeah, there's not really other courts. 
I just know Sue Bird. <laughs> That's it. Oh, wait, girl, can uh, I come in with the interception to I think help you, but I'm sorry if I do you wrong? Sure. Uh, it's also called tennis courts. <laughs> oh my God, you're so right. Thank you. Okay, I feel so stupid. The Williams sisters. That is correct, Sarah. Danny oh with the layup. <laughs> Thank you so much, Danny, for the assist. I got you. I got kind of worried there. I thought you would get zero out of six here in this. I know, Danny. Game, exactly. But, uh, Danny's winning like six to zero on trivia, so he can, <laughs> he can throw me a bone. I was like, I saw your face. You're like, when you said it's only basketball courts, I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, I was like, soccer field. Wow, I just forgot tennis exists. My bad. Uh, Sarah, what are their names? Serena and Venus. Correct. Two points for Sarah on the board with an early lead. Serena and Venus Williams. Um, A great movie just came out about this, actually. King Richard. Yes. Yes. With the maligned Will Smith playing their dad. And a great Beyonce song. Yeah, great Beyonce song. It's a super interesting story. I love tennis myself. I go to the U.S. Open every year. I mean, I feel like living in New York, it's, it's such a fun thing to do. And I want to like get cocktail. that melon ball drink. Yes. Yeah, the honey deuce. Honey deuce. Wait, yes, I wanna, there we like, go. Play I just tennis. want that. I know playing tennis in New York is kind of tough because I don't know where to do it. There's courts. There's public courts around, but I know it takes a lot of space. It's not like you know basketball. You can play ten people in a court with yeah. tennis. You can play up to t- like two, maybe four. True. So, but yeah, they uh, they've been playing for well, I guess Serena just retired. 26-year career, won all the majors. Like, I mean, incredible careers. And they grew up very, very sort of humbly from California. Yeah. But they had an amazing, amazing career. All right, Danny, back to you. Um, this one's a little tougher, but you might know this. Okay. These identical twins from Fuck. West Orange, New Jersey. Ooh. You're from New Jersey. You might know this. Grew up to be groundbreaking astronauts. And one of them spent over a year in space while the other stayed behind to study the effects of space on the human body. What? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I thought you might know this because you're from New Jersey. Uh, Pair of famous identical twin astronauts. I feel like one has like a rest, not a rest stop, but I feel like I... A rest stop. <laughs> Literally, I mean, that's, there's a Bon Jovi one, so it's not that... Uh, like, um, <laughs> oh my God, is there oh. a Bruce Springsteen rest stop? Okay. Wait, okay, well, A, I think it's the Kelly Brothers. Correct, that is okay. correct, Ooh. well done. And B, before we get to the second uh Bruce Springsteen turned down having a rest stop named after him, allegedly, and John Bon Jovi didn't, because everyone's like, John Bon Jovi likes to have his name on things. Bruce is just a chill guy. I mean, he's better than a rest stop, so yeah, yeah it's fair. <laughs> Power move. Rest uh. stop, no thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, so sad when you walk in, it's, like, playing John Bon Jovi constantly, and I'm like, this is, <laughs> God, okay. You're like, it's Danny, in the morning. do you know their names? I'm literally just... <laughs> okay, one of them became a senator for Arizona this year. Ew. Mark? That is correct. That's one of them. Uh, Scott? Oh my God! You did it, Danny! <laughs> wow. wow! What a get! Oh my gosh! I just thought of you're like what? two names. Sure. <laughs> Sarah, what I tell you? Well, I knew Mark Kelly became a senator, but Scott. <laughs> wow! I really pulled that out of nowhere. Holy well shit. done, Danny. Oh my two God. points, okay. tie game. Okay. Love that. Yeah. Wait, which was the one who went to space? So Mark Kelly went to space. Sure, the one who became sense. a senator for over a year, and um, he was it was, in space it was an experiment for over a year. 
Yeah, it was it was literally just to study if like oh your genetics or anything would change what? if you were in space for over a year. He was so just wow, like, he played Russian roulette with his life. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, they kind of they foresaw that nothing like he wouldn't die or anything, but they were thinking maybe the radiation would affect his or genes or have effects on his like bones or muscles or whatever. So they kept one of the brothers behind and since they're identical, they have like you know the same genetic oh. makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they got back, they did experiments <clears throat> on both, and they did find some like minor changes um, Ew, in terms of like the fluids in the body. Like his eye, his vision was a little messed up because you know the eyes are very sort of sensitive. But nothing that and- didn't reverse within about eight months. They said, and there was okay. like no long-term sort of genetic changes. So it was a successful experiment. Um, if I never go to space, it would be too soon. I, that scares me so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm good on that. I'm, I'm good. good on space. And people are like, we have to live on Mars. I'm like, y'all have fun with that. I'll, yeah. I'll be the yep. last of us here on HBO Max. Seriously. <laughs> I have not All watched that right. but I think it's about the apocalypse. Well, moving right along, Sarah, this next question is for you. These brothers from the 1700s grew up to be among the best-known storytellers of folktales, which have been adapted throughout the years by people such as Disney and Sondheim. The Grimm brothers? That is correct. The Grimm brothers. Okay. Well done. Do you know their names? I sure don't. Um... (laughs) just pull, pull no, like I, a, pull I know Danny. sometimes they go by the Brothers Grimm. Yeah, just think of yeah. t- 1700s names. <laughs> and I, I'll give you a hint. They're from Germany. Oh, Hans? <laughs> oh. And, okay, what's another German name? Is Hans more Austrian? Whatever, it's too late. Ooh, um, wow, I really don't know. The like, only German name I could think of is the bad one, so we're not saying that. Um, I feel like F, like, like Fro. F- maybe like a Frederick? Uh, wrong on both, Sarah. Oh. Their names are Wilhelm Carl. Wilhelm is pretty German, I would think. And yeah. Jacob Ludwig Carl. Jacob? Uh, I was yeah. never guessing the Ludwig. <laughs> so, no. But we tried yeah. it. Well, we tried. We'll tried. We'll tried. But yeah, it is the Brothers Grimm. I mean, their um, bibliography is crazy. Cinderella, the Frog Prince, Hans and Gretel, Rapunzel, Snow White, Damn. Little Red Riding Hood, like Literally Banger every after. little Banger. fairy tale or folk tale that you can think of, these guys were responsible for. There were Good. German academics. Um, they lived a quiet life. Okay. And just wrote bangers after bangers. That's kind Love of that. a nice life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, just live, <laughs> live a, a quiet, quiet life, life in Germany. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Live goals. Well, Sarah, you got one point. Not the second one because you didn't know the names, but you're still I'll in the lead. It. Three to two. Anyone's game. All right, Danny, this next question is for you, and this will be your last one. There's two left, one for you, one for Sarah. Fuck. These brother actors were renowned throughout the United States in the 1800s for their theatrical performances, and one of them made quite a splash at a performance of Our American Cousin at the Ford Theater in 1865. Oh, my God, there's no, like, property brother questions on this? (laughs) 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 I didn't think of that. Actor brothers from the 1800s? Yeah. There's, there's a couple hints in here. So one of them make quite a splash at a performance of Our American Cousin at the Ford Theater in 1865. Okay, I'm sadly, when I think of splash, I'm just going, <laughs> I'm going to the Tom Cruise splash movie and also uh, Celebrity Death. Um, I, shit, 1800 movies? Theatrical performances. 
Oh, performances. Okay, but still, that doesn't fuck. Uh, and this was 1865. <laughs> this is why I'm never worried about because, like, these probably the most famous people of all time do not have a single thing. I'm like, that's why I'm like, life is like, just live your truth, live your life, because I have no clue so who these fleeting. people are. It's so, everything is fleeting. That's I probably true. walked over them when I was at the going to get a Duncan on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, but <laughs> alas, <laughs> I don't know these people. Oh my God. The Booth Brothers, Danny. Edwin. Oh, shit. And John Wilkes Booth. Like John Wilkes. Yeah, okay. Oh! Because oh. when you said 1865, I was like, Civil War. Interesting. Yeah, this uh, was, that was the assassination of Lincoln. Uh, Abraham okay, Lincoln. okay. Oh, Quite okay, yeah. <laughs> I um, literally, I was like, uh-huh. I was like, Natalie Wood, but he that went was out with not, a bang. Yeah. We could say. <laughs> he went out with a bang. Yeah, that too. Yeah, so um, everyone the way knows I John we Wilkes Booth. We're going to be like doing the Wahlberg brothers here. Seriously, <laughs> I, I was like, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> or I was. That's why. Oh, in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, Jorge's a carpenter's boy. I feel. I, I'll get them unlocked. <laughs> nope. So everyone knows, obviously, John Wilkes Booth for assassinating Lincoln, but his brother Edwin was even more famous of an actor back in the day. I didn't know he had a brother. Yeah, like they were huge. Shit. It was kind of, you could compare them to Casey Affleck and Ben Affleck, basically. <laughs> they, were, they were like that famous. They were household names. Right. One problematic brother. Yeah, I was yes, going to say exactly. that really is a perfect, brother. Yeah. It really is. Dave and James Franco. Wait, something's going on here. Edwin was the most, more famous of the two. Like he was like Ben Affleck. And then his lesser, like his mm. younger, lesser known brother committed this murder. But and you're Edwin like, Damn, Booth. And now he's more famous than me. <laughs> right, yeah, right. shit. Mm. But Edwin Booth was super well known, not only in New York, but throughout the United States for his performances. Like he, he famously did Hamlet. Um, mm. And he actually, in Gramercy, he has, his house is still there. And it's hmm. become something called the Players Club. Which oh, is, yeah. Yeah, like a, a little society for actors and artists in the I United learned States about that on the Fran Lebowitz thing. Oh, right, right. Fran yeah, Lebowitz yeah. like, does um, photo shoots there all the time. Yeah. Um, I have a friend who actually belongs to this club. So we hang Wait, out here really? fairly often. And it's incredible. Yeah. It's such a, I mean, it's very old timey. It's not like super. You I know, like that vibe nice though. And, yeah, but it's it's very sort of it's wood and like velvet and like all these nice oh. little nooks and crannies. There's like there's a, a table where Mark Twain played cards and they have like all these little artifacts. And all the wow, way at the top, that. they have um, Edwin Booth's bedroom kind of preserved from his time alive. And there's like all these human skulls lying around because he was so famous for doing Hamlet. People just sent him like human skulls like they donated Ew. his skulls to him when they died Shut to the, the point fu- in which he had to publicly say stop sending me skulls <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, that's a little bizarro okay a little bizarro well sarah you have won this game but here's the last question just for fun Ooh. just for fun all right okay these brothers are owners of the second largest privately owned company in the united states and they have changed the modern landscape of american politics through their funding oh, and think tanks. These, I, these assholes is it Koch or coke it's coke right yeah the coke brothers that yeah. is correct okay. sarah do you know their names asshole and motherfucking asshole seriously <laughs> that um, is correct <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just throw out some random names. I'm going to go with a bill. <laughs> okay. And I think Ed is wrong because Ed Koch was the mayor of New York and it's not the same guy, but I'm oh, just going to go Ed. Sorry. Yeah. No, it was Charles and David, but you did get a point for <laughs> knowing the Koch okay. brothers and you did win this game. 
Um, yeah, I was Thanks, so surprised to <laughs> read some of these facts, but um, they have the second largest privately owned company in the United States. In 2021, they earned $120 billion in revenue. Like how? What? Amongst like, oh, that. record high inflation. Everything's, no one wants to work. $120 billion. And you know they like, got it PPE was record, Like the highest they've ever done. They do asphalt, chemicals, raw materials, energy, fibers, fertilizers, finance, minerals, natural gas. Like it's a laundry list of products. And yeah, these people are like, these guys are the yeah. worst. And they have the money to throw around to make sure like none of these industries ever get disrupted. So that's really why they got involved right. into politics because a lot of these are bad for the environment. <laughs> if you could, well, that's uh, what, excellent. They're like, yes. so it doesn't get disrupted, but like the reality of life is going to disrupt it. Yeah, oh, cool, exactly. cool, 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 cool. <laughs> so, like plastics, petroleum, like that ranching. God. You know, this is all things Ugh. that are very damaging to the environment and our modern Great. life. Mm-hmm. But Sarah, you have won this game. Yay. Wow, look at you. On the board. Oh my God. With like, I, honestly, I couldn't have done it without you, Danny. So <laughs> I got you. Where, you know what? It, it, I, I volleyed it to you. I think that's a tennis. It's true. Part. It's like yeah. we have to make it somewhat interesting for the grand trivia championship. So I appreciate it. <laughs> I'd rather you win and, we know, and the Williams sisters get a shout out. <laughs> true. Very true. And we'll have to see who wins our trivia game. We don't know what it's going to be yet at the live show. That's going to be fun. Check us out at Union Hall. You can get tickets on our Instagram bio. Uh, you know, link in the bio. You guys know how it works. At Not Another True Crime. I think I also put in the link in my bio, Sarah Lameem. And you can follow me on Instagram at Cashmere Danny, Cashmere the K. We're posting all about the show. We're posting all about all the things. It's going to be a fun time. Yes. And thank you all for listening. Thanks for supporting us. And we'll be back next week. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales-Picot, Sean Kilby, and Rebecca Sosmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Picot. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at Not Another True Crime on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send all of your emails to natc at betches.com. Betches.